Hi, this is Mark Wasserman. Welcome to the Skaboom podcast, which is the audio companion to my forthcoming book, Skaboom, an American Ska and Reggae Oral History, which will be published in early 2021. Skaboom will feature 19 chapters that tell the stories of important bands, some well-known, others not so much, who deserve credit for giving birth to a uniquely American version of Ska and Reggae. The musicians I interviewed for the book are musical pioneers who blazed a trail in the 80s and early 90s that made it possible for third-wave ska bands like the Mighty Mighty Boston's, Rancid, and No Doubt to have the success that they did. The stories of each band are intrinsically linked to the songs they wrote and performed, and in this episode, I tell the story of the Hooters and their iconic song, All You Zombies. The Hooters, you ask? Yes, the Hooters. You mean that band that plays and they danced? Yep, that band. Long before Cindy Lauper, Live Aid, and a major label deal, the Hooters were tearing up the stages of nightclubs and high schools all around the Philly area as one of the earliest American ska and reggae bands. Believe it or not, before they tasted mainstream rock success, it was Jamaican music and two-tone that inspired the Hooters. Kind of mid-60s, um, as a teenager, we went on a family vacation to Montego Bay, and what the short story was, uh, well, I'll try to make it as short as I can, but uh, my dad was a dentist, and his roommate and, and I guess best friend in dental school was another dentist who lived in uh, New London, Connecticut. Anyway, his family and uh, with another family owned a small motel and small villas in Montego Bay, and in the mid-60s, we went on a family vacation to Jamaica, which was like going to the moon. It was so exotic. It was still kind of under English, you know, colonial rule. So you had all these cultures going on. I mean, for just getting off the plane and feeling this hot burst of, you know, humidity and heat at Christmas was odd. And seeing Jamaicans in, in you know, in Santa Claus costumes and fake palm trees singing Christmas carols was odd. Um, there were shillings and pence. So the money was, I remember, just bringing back some, you know, collecting money and showing my friends. It was very, very strange and, and, you know, just unusual. It was just all hitting us at once. The food, the water, the, the sun, the people, and um, and then, of course, the music. So it, it hit me. I was listening to ska music when I was listening to the Stones and the Beatles. That's the band's keyboardist, Rob Hyman. The first time he heard ska music was on the radio in a rental car with his family driving around the island. Like uh, Fiat or Anglia or whatever, we crowded into this tiny car that, my, that was a stick shift on the left with these bumpy roads. My dad, we would just make fun of him because, you know, he was navigating all of us and we were kids in the backseat just being nutty. But I remember hearing stuff on the radio and, you know, we would literally drive around and I hear stuff on the radio like, what is this? I mean, it just was that crazy beat. It was backwards. It was odd. It was as strange as everything else to me. But I really took to it, and I guess because I had some musical inclinations, I was much more obsessed than anybody else. And I remember there was a song called Sammy Dead, 
And mm-hmm. that was what I was, I had to find that record, because that was a big hit. And it was, just was the wackiest, goofy song. We would just drive along singing it, even though we didn't know the words. That initial experience and the records Hyman brought back with him from Jamaica began his long love affair with reggae, which was a foreign sound to American ears in the early 70s. Hyman, who met his future bandmate Eric Bazilian at the University of Pennsylvania, turned his new friend onto the sound. Well, Rob turned me on to reggae pretty early on. And then I remember 73, I went to see Bob Marley and the Whalers at the Tower Theater in Philadelphia. That must have been 74. It was when Rastaman Vibration came out, made 74, 75. And that was, that was revelatory. I mean, that for me was like seeing, seeing the Beatles or the Hoodoo and Tommy. Every song was like, wow. After college, the two were signed to Arista Records by their college friend Rick Chertoff as part of a prog rock band called Baby Grand. Baby Grand released two albums with little success, and as the band was coming to an end, the duo began to reassess their musical direction. Hyman's mind was opened to the possibility of combining reggae and rock when he went to see The Police at Grendel's Lair, a popular Philly club, during their first American tour in November of But it was seeing Madness perform at the Eastside Club in Philadelphia in February 1980 that convinced Hyman they should go all in with the sound of ska and reggae. Faster, he sold the heat. With a rock steady beat. You know, again, reggae was never in the fore, in, in my forebrain. Um, you know, Rob would play me stuff. Um, but then, um, right around the time when we, when we had realized that Baby Grand had run its course and it was time for us to, to rethink what we were doing, um, Rob called me and said he had a, had a, had a, he had had a life-changing experience the night before. He saw madness. And he, you know, described the show and um, we listened to the album and it was like, yep, I, I totally, I totally got that. Just the raw energy of it. You know, again, the guitar thing was different, but there was such a, such an energy and it's such a sense of humor that, that I loved. So, um, and, you know, within a, within a pretty short period of time, we saw The Selector, um, The Police was just happening then. And then at some point we... You know, and we'd been writing songs for this new band. We didn't know what the band was going to be called. Uh, and, but we thought, you know, what, what can we do that'll set us apart? 
Well, there were no American bands doing ska and reggae at that point. So we started trying to write songs like that. And one of the first songs we wrote was All You Zombies. Seeing Madness inspired them to get to work on a new reggae song that had arrived fully formed out of their subconscious. I mean, I remember the moment where we, we were playing those chord changes and Rob started singing, All you people show your faces. And I said, All you people in the street. And then he said, All you sitting in high places. And then, uh, um, you know, we were off and running. And then we wrote the, and the verses. I remember I heard a low voice in my head singing, Holy Moses, let the Pharaoh, kind of, you know, Edward, Edward G. Robinson kind of. Are you zombies? With a title taken from a science fiction story by Robert Heinlein, the lyrics to All You Zombies mingle mentions of Moses receiving the Ten Commandments and Noah building his ark with warning to people sitting in high places and that the peace is going to fall on you. The band started playing out live in June of 1980 and mixed All You Zombies and their other originals with covers of songs they were learning from the Trojan Story album that included a version of this classic by Don Drummond and the Scottalites. A rough demo tape of Man in the Street, recorded with the horn lines replaced by guitars, made its way to Philly radio station WMMR. 
DJs at the station started playing it, and listeners called in wanting to hear more. Hey, I basically figure I'm not going to give, I, I will give locals a little extra edge, but they've still got to have the goods in the grooves. The, and Man on the Street took off and became one of the biggest request items WMMR ever had, and was played all over the, the, the clock. And uh, they took off from, uh, tremendously from that airplay on WMMR, which I triggered. That's Michael Tierson, a DJ at WMMR who helped make the Hooters cover of a song by the Scottalites a local hit. In 1981, the Hooters did a live broadcast on WMMR from Emerald City in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, the same night that the English Beat, who they were opening for, were filmed for the two-tone concert film Dance Grace. Hyman and Bazillion liked All You Zombies, but thought it was too quirky to be a hit. They considered it a throwaway song and played it in clubs early in their sets when most people weren't paying attention. When WMMR aired the show from Emerald City, the radio station's phone lines lit up and they were flooded with requests for All You Zombies. The band quickly released a vinyl 45 of the WMMR live performance to satisfy the demand. Interestingly, the song was recorded two more times. The second version was included on the band's independently released Amore album, which sold 100,000 copies in the Philadelphia area, and then a nearly six-minute version for their major label release, Nervous Night, which ended up breaking into the Billboard chart in 1985. Once it was released nationally, the song caused some controversy. People just were always intrigued, and then some people were kind of... It was kind of uh, controversial, actually. We, as we started to tour with the Hooters after Nervous Night came out, I remember there were like Christian radio stations that wouldn't play it, and there was some press about it. They were offended, or they were it was blasphemous. I don't know the deal there. We never quite got it, but we would be asking some interviews. Or, you know, what does it mean? And do you understand how it might be offensive? And we're like, no, we don't really. So see ya. <laughs> but you know, controversy is good, and and airplay is good. So. You take it all, and um, basically, to this day, it's just a mysterious song, you know? It just has its own energy and, and mystery, really. 
Though the band's sound evolved away from ska and reggae as they embraced more rock and Americana influences, they remain fans of Jamaican music. It goes so deep, and, and really, I was listening for so long before the Hooters that it was just a natural thing, and it kind of came, had a big moment, you know, peaked when it peaked, and we've moved on to be more of a, you know, a different rock band. I don't know what it is, but it's still there. But honestly, for me personally, it's, it's a minute deeper than ever. I hope you've enjoyed this episode about the Hooters and all you zombies. If you like this episode, please consider subscribing on whatever podcast platform you use. And please keep an eye out for my book, Ska Boom, which will feature a more detailed oral history of the Hooters and many other bands when it's published in early 2021. Take care.